So Colossians chapter 2 and Ephesians 6. Looks like we've got about uh, 20 people on, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with prayer, as we always do. And I, I want to, you know, as we pray tonight, it's it's something very specific to me in my heart. You know, as we pray, you know, I, I'm praying that we we get the word and, and we, we hear from the Spirit of God and we hear what He has to say to us. But one very specific thing that I want to remember tonight is I'm praying that all other churches out there that are, are making an attempt to do something similar, uh, whatever form of worship or whatever form of teaching that they have chosen to do, I'm, I'm praying that also. I'm praying for these other churches and I'm praying for our wisdom uh, from their pastors and their ministers um, that they'll uh, be making uh, the right decisions in these times uh, that we're living in. So we're, we're going to start with prayer and we're praying for our service, but we're not just praying for ours. We're praying for everyone else's too. So let's do that. Father, we just give you praise and thanks uh, for tonight, Lord, and for letting us gather. And Lord, we do, we're gathered over the airways again, Father, and we're just thankful for the opportunity to do it. And Father, I would pray tonight, God, for our service, Lord, that you open up uh, the word, Lord, to us. Let us hear it and see it. Father God, let us know, Father, what it is that your heart would speak to us tonight. Father, I pray, God, for every other church out there, Lord God, that is um, making an attempt tonight also, God, to, to hear the word and, and to come together in whatever unique way that is, Lord, we pray for them. And Father, we hold them up, Lord. We hold the pastors up, Lord God. We hold uh, their ministers up, Father. And we just pray wisdom and and, and uh, peace, Father God, to each one of them, Lord God. And I just pray for all these surrounding churches, Lord, and for the body of Christ individually, Lord. And we pray for them, Lord. And we just thank you for this opportunity tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Okay. Good to be with you guys again. And good to be able to just once again have the opportunity to do this. Um, it's unique and it's just, it take a little getting used to, uh, but it's a lot of fun and, uh, been enjoying our Sunday morning services. We've had two of those so far. Those have been fantastic. Uh, and I've been able to meet together and, uh, do, a do a kind of a drive-in service. So that's been real good. Uh, but very, very fun and, and, uh, exciting also. Um, I want to say something as we get started, uh, to lay some groundwork. I covered this not too long ago, um, and maybe maybe not in entirety, but uh, a fraction of it uh, with the church not too long ago. And, and I want to I want to lay something out before we get started, getting into this topic. Uh, there's a truth in, in the spirit realm. And, and it's this uh, everything that manifests itself, everything we see happen in the physical realm starts in the spiritual realm. Now, whether that be a blessing or whether that be a cursing, whatever that is, whether it's good or whether it's bad. It had an origin point, and that origin point is in the spirit realm. I think it's very important that, that we understand that. Um, I think a lot of times we, when we hear, we hear like, well, the enemy, you know, he's out, he's doing all this stuff, and and uh, uh, he's, you know, we, we see these things going on with it. Well, the enemy did that, and the enemy's causing all these things to happen, and the enemy's doing these things. Well, that's that's true. He's uh, he's he's raging. He's doing some stuff. Uh, and then we do look on the other hand and we see God doing things and we see God blessing people and we see the things that he's doing and, and we see people encouraged and, and lifted up. When you see those things in the physical, they had an origin point. They had an origin and that's in the spirit realm. It started there. And then as it started there, then it manifested itself in the physical realm. That is a spiritual law. Everything has to start in the spirit realm 
when it comes to receiving things from God or dealing with the attacks of the enemy. That all starts in the spirit realm. And so I want to lay that out because we're actually going to refer back to that here in just a minute. Uh, but I want to go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. I want to start there um, as we uh, dig into uh, the, the main topic uh, of tonight. Colossians chapter 2. Um, if, if you hadn't heard me, we're going to go uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Now let's read and let's look at what the, the Holy Spirit would say to us tonight. It says, And you being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh has he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Now, when we when when I read that, I think about automatically in verse 13, I go back and I think about all the things that he's forgiven me from, all the things that I have been delivered from, all the things that that no longer bind me. It doesn't mean when I say that it doesn't mean that at times I don't feel like I'm still dealing with some of the same stuff. But it doesn't matter because I understand in the spirit realm that I am not the same person anymore, that I, I've been uh, that that everything that God has done for me, he's renewed me. I've become a new person. I'm a new individual. When when he did that, that started in the spirit realm. And, and, and I think every one of you can, can say amen to this when I say how many of you are a work in progress. Everybody says uh, unanimous. It's amen. Yes, I'm a work in progress. There's some things going on. So. You think about those things and the things that he's doing in your life right now, you've been praying about, right? You've been praying about those things. When, when you asked for forgiveness and you repented of your sin, that initially began when you asked, it began in the spirit realm. You were forgiven of your sins. It was why you were washed clean. Everything began in that point and at that point, And now it's, it, it takes place in the physical realm, and then we begin to actually feel the freedom and feel the liberty and feel the things that God is actually doing for us. So he said that he's quickened us together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses. We've been forgiven of our sins. So verse 14 says, and blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And that, that's the that's the law. That's the law the, the, that has been has been done away with. And now there's nothing there's nothing binding you. There's nothing holding you now. And it, and it says that and it took it out of the way and nailing it to the cross. And so that's very powerful that that everything that we had against us, everything that was weighing out of out of balance against us was nailed to the cross. So. We understand the work of Christ. We understand what he did for us. We understand the, the, the spiritual ramification that took place there on the cross and, and what it actually gave us access to. And now we're experiencing that today. But well, let's look at 15 because it kind of shifts gears a little bit here. And it also talks about another spiritual reality. And so it's this. And in verse 15, it says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it so what is verse 15 saying verse 15 is a reality check this is a reality check for all believers and and the reality is is that he has defeated all evil all all principalities all powers and when it talks about principalities powers we'll actually cover a set of scriptures here in just a minute that are, are connected with that but when he says that he spoiled principalities and powers and, and made a show of them openly meaning he triumphed over them he defeated them and now everything is under christ and christ is above all things 
I mean, when you when we talk about that, I want to specify something. When it says there in verse 15, when he spoiled principalities and powers, we are talking about things of the demonic realm. That's what we're talking about. We need to be very specific about that because some, sometimes people don't understand exactly what that what does that mean? What does it mean when it says that he spoiled principalities and powers? That is spe- specifically speaking of bondages and strongholds and anything in the demonic realm that starts in the demonic realm that can affect you as a believer now has been broken in the spirit realm, meaning it does not have any power over you, any authority over you because of what what Christ did on the cross. That's very important because that is interconnected to the lifestyle that you and I live. It's connected. And you say, well, what 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 about that kind of lifestyle is connected? Well, it's victorious and it's a victorious lifestyle Uh, to to know that that every everything in the demonic realm, everything that's against me, everything that wants to to defeat me or, or to pull me down, everything that wants to defeat you has already been defeated. And it's it's much different when we when we approach our spiritual lives, our prayer lives with that mentality, knowing that Christ has already done the work for us, that we have already won. And that is what the enemy spends most of his time trying to do is trying to convince you that you don't have any authority. And that's really what we're getting into tonight. And and I want to kind of give you an example. Um, Let me ask this question. Does the, does the devil does the devil have power? And the answer is yes. Now, I understand as a believer, he doesn't have power over you. But does he, as an entity, have power? The answer is yes. So I think of it kind of like this. Think of it kind of like a, a football game. And you've got these really big guys out there, really big players. And these guys have got a lot of power. And you watch them hitting and they're smashing each other. And you see this this guy out here with his striped shirt on. He's the referee, and these guys are, are just plowing into each other, and they're and they're they're doing all this this uh, aggressive play. And then all of a sudden, here comes this little guy, and he says, "Whoa, hold on a second. There's been a penalty, and if he gets any gruff at all from the players, he can kick him out of the game." He said, you're you're out of here. Just unsportsmanlike conduct or, or whatever. He can say, no, you're you're we're going to pull you out of the game. We're going to pull you off the field. That's authority. And there's a difference there. And I think as believers, we have to understand that and say, well, I've got power. Absolutely. I've got I've got power. And the enemy, he tries to exercise his power. He tries to ex- exercise his power over me. At times he tries to exercise his power over you. But there's one thing the enemy does not have. By right of the word. And by the truth of the word, the enemy does not have authority. It doesn't have any. And so as a believer, I've got to make sure I understand that, that all my power and anything that I have authoritative, it all comes from God. Everything that he has, he's placed in me and he's placed it in me through the truth of the cross and through what Jesus did on the cross. And I'm, I'm bringing this up tonight because I'm, I'm 
we're go, we're going somewhere with this tonight. I believe in the, and especially in this day and time is it's definitely been on my heart the last week uh, since the last time that we we did this. Um, it's very much been on my heart. God has been dealing with me very much about authority uh, and about exercising authority. And so as he give me a word and I'll be giving you that word here shortly, um, uh, he give a word to give to the church tonight. And I'm really excited about giving that to you. Um, but recapping 15, just real quick. Um, and having spoiled the principalities and powers and he made a shoe of them openly triumphing, triumphing over them in it. So so all of all of the the victory is is in Christ. It's been given to him. OK, so let's do something real quick. Let's now go to Ephesians chapter six. Let's look at Ephesians chapter six and this chapter for for the sake of tonight. And, and for those of you that are on here, this is the perspective chapter for the lesson tonight. This brings perspective because we already know what Christ did. We know he spoiled principalities and powers. He uh, he triumphed over everything in the demonic realm. Uh, and basically what that means is he he already won everything in every battle and every bit of warfare that I'm ever involved in. He's already won it. I need to understand that because I am his child. It's very important that I know that father already won this thing for me. It will change the way that I pray. It will change the way that I look at the world. Uh, it'll definitely change your worldview. Definitely change your worldview by understanding that the battle has already been won. Okay, so what exactly are we dealing with then? Then what is the threat? If we've already won, then what's the what's the big issue? Well, the, the perspective comes here in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10. So let's look at that. It says uh, Verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There's that power. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Whose power is it? It's his power. Whose might is it? It's his might. So so where does our power and our might come from? It's coming from him. All right, we get that. On verse 11 says, and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You think, but, but didn't we win though? I mean, he already won the war, right? Yes. Yes, he already won, but that doesn't mean, remember, let's back up. Does the enemy have power? Yeah, and he's going to continue to try to exercise that. He's going to continue to exercise that. I've got power. You've got power. But let's not forget, the enemy's got some power. He's, he's going to try to exercise that. He's going to try to put that over you. He's going to try to get that on you. And this is why we're asked in verse 11, he says, um, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the walls of the de devil. And it's um, <clears throat> there's a bit of an indication here. That if I don't put on the whole armor of God, which obviously it's his armor, not mine. If we don't put on the whole armor of God, there's a really good chance we could fail. I mean, you, you don't you don't go into once again, going back and referencing what we just talked about in the beginning. You don't go into spiritual warfare. Remember, remember, everything starts in the spirit realm. You don't go into spiritual warfare uh, without spiritual equipment. And so he's saying, put on the whole armor of God. It's not something you're going to get here. It's something that you're going to find in the spirit realm that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. The stratagems, that's what that means, is the stratagems of the enemy. And verse 12 says, as for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Here's the perspective. Here's perspective. We wrestle 
not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I've, I've talked about this in my church before. If, if some of you are, haven't been in our church before, and maybe you already know, when you start talking about principalities and powers and, and spiritual wickedness in high places, we are literally talking about the um, the placement of the enemy and, and the fact that he actually has um, uh, a bit of an organization in the spirit realm in which to do battle and to attack God's people. That's defined by principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So the perspective comes in verse 12, and I, and I, and I felt this is very key for America right now and for every believer on planet Earth to understand that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, that you are wrestling against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is what you're dealing with. I'm careful about how I discuss that with people. I'm careful about voicing my my true inside exactly what I know, because there are a lot of believers that don't even believe this. There are a lot of believers that don't fully believe in the authority of Christ. There are a lot of believers that don't fully understand the demonic realm and, and, and even understand that we're dealing with principalities and powers. Well, here it plainly states right here, your wrestling match, your fighting match. Um, the things that are that were that are happening to us right now, even as a country, are not necessarily directly connected to uh, to a man. And I know a lot of us, we look at it and we think, couldn't you have made a better decision? You know, we look at our leaders and we think, couldn't you guys have made better decisions? You know, I, I see that. I, I'm hearing that a lot right now. You know, I, they should have done this and they should have done that. And they should. And I can't believe y'all went y'all went and did this and you went and did that. And I agree with you. At times, I want to call some people out. You know, I want to I want to call my state representative and say, what happened? I do. But this scripture puts things in perspective. And it helps me to understand that what I am seeing today, right now, started in the spirit realm. That's where it started. It started, it started in the spirit realm. There was a, a happening. Something took place. And then ultimately, there was a manifestation. And then that manifestation, <clears throat> that manifestation took place. And now we see it in our world today. Make no mistake. We are dealing with principalities and powers. We're dealing with spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you're dealing with. And so what's... What is, you know, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. So what's the response then? What what do I need to do as a believer? Well, it's crafty what the enemy has done. And I'm going to lay this out before we even, before we get into the next part of this. And you you may disagree with me. You may not fully agree with me, but I notice I've noticed some of the stratagems because I believe in my spirit as God has revealed this to me. And long ago, and I see it still today, that this is exactly what we're dealing with, principalities and powers. But what's interesting is, is that as we have come into this particular crisis as a country, what I have noticed is, is that as a stratagem, 
that the enemy is using against God's people is that he has got us completely focused and worried about us. We're worried about us. Now, I'm not. Maybe you're not worried. That's fantastic. And I'm not saying I'm just bent over, just completely worried out of my mind. But what he's done is, is he's he has thrown something at America and thrown something at the church that we weren't expecting. We didn't see this coming. And I think everybody can say amen to that. Nobody's seen this coming. And so it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a like a like a prize fighter. You know, and he's got this he's got that powerful right hook. He's got this haymaker. And every once in a while he connects with it. Well, that's exactly what I believe has happened in the spiritual realm is that the enemy threw that haymaker and he connected. And, and, and it rattled some people. It rattled it rattled the church. It, it kind of took us back. And now we're kind of trying to get our, our our wits about us and try to figure out what's going on. And, and as I've looked over this, I've seen some, that stratagem. That stratagem is, is that we're not. That the church isn't too worried right now. They're not really thinking about it from a from a principality perspective. We're thinking about it more like our leaders need to do a better job. And the people, the people above them need to do a better job. And we need to make sure that that this is taken care of and this is taken care of. And I agree with you. All those things are very important. But let's make sure we don't get it twisted. The truth is that we're dealing with an attack. From principalities and powers, the spiritual wickedness in hot places. That's what we're dealing with. So, my point being that I know you are concerned for your family. I know that you are concerned about um, our economy and the things that are going on. But here's my encouragement, and I'm going to drop this in right here before we move forward. I want to pray and request things from God also, just like you. God, I know we need this and we need that and we need these things to work out correctly. But sometimes I think that we lose the perspective. I'm not I'm not incriminating anybody. I'm not accusing anybody. I, I simply put, look at myself and I look at my own mistakes. And I think if you're human like me, you may have made the, make the same mistake, too. Sometimes my prayers get way too focused on just me and what I need out of this crisis and what I need out of this situation. And, and a lot of times I lose perspective and I lose track of where my prayers really need to be focused and not just my prayers, but the exercise of the authority that God has given me. And instead of coming before the Lord, and this is a suggestion spiritually, Instead of just coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm, I, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And Lord, we need this and we need that. Maybe we should come at it from a little bit different of an angle and begin to take authority over the principalities and powers of the air and the things that have actually had something to do with this. I believe if we do that, and I'll make this point again here in a minute, I believe if we do that, that's when we actually see results. That's when we actually see things change in our country. That's when I actually believe that you'll get the needs that you need met because there's something trying to choke the pipeline between you and God. What is that? Well, it's obviously something from the demonic realm. And you're, there's no way, there's no way you're going to convince me after seeing everything that I have seen that it was just some kind of mishap of 
humanity that we just tripped and fell and, and this whole thing just kind of fell and all oh, it was a, a bad mistake and, and everybody wants to look and they want to blame the Chinese and you know, it was their fault. Well, listen, put all that aside. There's some principalities at work here. There's some things that need to be bound up in the spirit realm. And if the church does not get that, if we do not, if we do not get a hold of this thing, it's going to slip away from us. We need to understand that it is not well. And I understand, I mean this respectfully. It's not about whether we run out of toilet paper or not. It's not. It's not whether it's not whether it's all going to work out in the next 30 days or not. That's not it. It sounds good. And that's what our leaders are telling us. We're going to try to make it through this thing. Church, we got to wake up and realize there is things going on in the demonic realm that we have got to address. We got to address it. We've got to look at it with different eyes and we've got to come at it from a different angle than just than just praying that we get through it. God, I hope that we get through this. Now, I'm not and I'm like I said, I'm not I'm not being disrespectful in any way, but I need to I need to I need to put it forth the way God has put it in my heart. And I want to convey it to the church. And I hope there's more people on here tonight uh, than just Rock Harbor. I hope there's some uh, other ones that are listening that can convey this message that we've got to change the way that we're praying. We got to stop praying prayers of just get me through it and praying prayers of uh, uh, it's almost at times. It's like I've, and I've been in this situation. I pray, pray. It's almost like I'm backpedaling. You know, I was I was I was on the offensive. And then all of a sudden this happened. And I'm thinking, eh, I don't know. I, I don't um I don't know. I just don't know about everything now. Listen, church, it all begins in the spirit realm. All of it. Everything that happens begins in the spirit realm. So we got to get a hold of that right now. We got to get a hold of what's going on in the spirit realm right now. And we got to we got to recognize it with spiritual eyes. Um, and, and I'm bringing this also forth uh, for this reason, that uh, a lot of the church today, and this is why I say this was something that was unexpected. It was kind of like a haymaker. That there is a there is a lot of people in the church today don't even agree at all about what's taking place, and the church can't even get on the same page. the The church is in a disagreement about how they should go about this thing. <clears throat> Regardless of how you feel about COVID nineteen, the way you feel about the president, the way you feel about. Uh, the, the duties that have been the things that have been carried out and the duties now and new responsibilities that we have as citizens. Let me say this. Let's change our perspective and let's get into agreement on this one thing. This thing originated in the pits of hell. Amen. And if we don't recognize where that thing came from and attack the principalities that are trying to carry this thing out against our nation. Church, we're going to lose this. It's going to slip away from us. And I'm calling this urgency because I feel it in my spirit. We have got to exercise our authority that God has given us over the demonic realm that is trying to bully us as God's people into doing what he wants us to do. And that's just simply cannot happen. It cannot happen. We've got the authority. OK, so let's uh, I'm going to move into the next phase of this, which is um, let's uh, let's back uh, up to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one, and we're going to look at verse uh, 
19 through 23, we're still, remember, we're still talking about authority, but I, I want to show you where that come from. And we need to talk about how to actually, how that actually uh, looks like, what that actually looks like for the believer uh, in the physical realm. All right. So Ephesians chapter one, verse 19 through 23, it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? And there's power again. Remember power. We're talking about power and authority. There's that power again. Exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. When did that take place? When he raised him from the dead. It, 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 there, there were a lot of things that happened on the death, but there were a lot of things that happened on the resurrection too. And so this power that is which he wrought in Christ when he raised him uh, from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So where is he now? He's at the right hand of the father. That is his place is at the right hand of the father. I know everybody is probably in your house. You're saying amen, right? Amen. That's that's absolutely true. He's at the right hand of the father. That's where he needs to be. But there's something very important that we need to understand as believers in the midst of all this. Okay, he's at the right hand of the father. Then where are we? Okay, watch this unfold. This is very important for believers. So verse 21, he says, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. What did we just get done talking about? We just got done talking about the principalities and powers and, and rulers of spiritual darkness and high places. And we, we said that, that that is literally the positioning in the demonic realm uh, that the enemy has. And these are literal positions, literal places uh, uh, that are held uh, by things in the demonic realm. So it says in 21 that when... He was raised from the dead that he was raised far above all principality. Now, he's above all that. Right. And power and mind and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, which that what that does in verse 22 is, is um, I'm sorry, in verse the end of 21. What that does is that puts the name of Jesus above every name. His name is above every name. Now, that is an authoritative statement because remember we just got done talking about principalities and powers and these rulers and in, in, in high places in the demonic realm they have a lot of power in the demonic realm they have some authority within their area but it says right here that in 20 in the end of 21 he says that his name is is, is above every name and not only in this world but also in that which is to come meaning that not only is his name above all names right now, but in the time to come, his name will remain so because God made his name, the name of Jesus, permanent in the permanent authoritative name across the board. There is no other name higher than the name of Jesus. Be a good name to be associated with. Verse 22. And has put all things under his feet. You know, you've. You probably even song, sung some songs about that. You know, uh, Satan's under my feet. That's true. But it started in the spiritual realm and it started with Christ. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. OK. He's the head. Right. He's the head. He's the the the, the total authority. And then 23 says, which is his body, which is you and me. 
the fullness of him that fills all in all. We are talking about the head, which is Christ, and then we are also talking about the body, which is you and me, and we work in unison together. The body is everybody that has repented of their sin and believed on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you are part of the body. Now you are a part of the authority. Why? Remember, he's the head, right? He's the head. We're the body. Now, Ephesians 2.6 clears up a lot of that. So let's look at Ephesians 2.6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. He, they just got done saying that he's been placed at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. But what has happened is that now the church has also been raised up with Christ and you've been made to sit with him in heavenly places. Remember, because of his position of, of being at the right hand of the Father, it says that he was uh, he's at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places and he was far above all principality and power and might and dominion. So if that's the case, and he's above all these things now. And then in verse six, we've been the church has been brought into it and he made us to sit in the exact same space that Christ is. So what does that mean? That you have the same privileges as Christ. Amen. They have been as you have been grafted into the, the kingdom. You have been given the same authority. And now. You get to exercise the use of the name of Jesus, and that will allow you to have authority in the demonic realm. Think about that. Think, think about what that means as a believer and how important it is right now in this day and time that we're living in with everything that's going on, how important it is to get the perspective to get the perspective of exercising your authority. I've got a word that I want to give you that the Lord shared with me. Um, and I was very excited about it, but I was very cautious too. <clears throat> I'm, I'm cautious about sharing anything. Uh, in when we start talking about in terms of thus saith the Lord, when we start saying that that's some serious business. And I want you to understand how important it is as believers that we start to take on the battle and the responsibility of the battle as believers, that we start exercising the authority that God has given us. So I'm going to read this word to you and I'm going to, I'm going to quickly lay a platform <clears throat> from what we've seen recently. I've heard other believers talking um, for in, in different locations, different people have talked uh, a lot about what's been going on. A lot of people are stressed. A lot of people are 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 confused. They're frustrated. Uh, a lot of people are asking, "When will this end? When can we go back to normal? Um, when when can all of this just be over with?" And I, I agree with you. And I and I begin to meditate uh, the other day while I was working, and I begin to 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 seek the Lord and ask Him some some questions, and He gave me some answers. And I want to relay this. To you, as, as we look across uh, our nation and we look at our leaders and we say, and I'm reiterating, um, 
what are you going to do about this? Are you going to are you going to do something about this leader? Is someone else going to step in and do something about this? I, I, I want someone to to do something about what's been going on. And I, I, I began to present this to the Lord and I said, who do I need to pray for? I mean, to get this thing back on track, who, who do I need to pray for? And he spoke to me and this is what he said. He said, this whole thing is up to the church. And that that made me go silent. He said, the whole thing is up to the church. And he said, it's up to us if we want to see this thing go on or not. He said, it's up to us as to whether we want to see our children grow and our grandchildren grow the way that we would want to see them grow. He said, and this is the this is a very key statement. He said, this is not up to me. This is up to you. And as I sat back and I began to meditate on that and I began to look in the word and I began to look at all of the times that it was up to his people to step up and to do something. I look through history in America. I go back briefly. I go back to the late 1950s, early uh, 1960s when uh, uh, the, the lawsuit was filed by uh, Madeline O'Hara. And challenged the uh, the church's uh, ability to put uh, or or church, I should say schools to condone prayer. And when that took place, the church didn't really rise up. Not a lot was said. Things snuck in and got through the system. And as it got through, the ramifications were felt long after they were over. And we're seeing that today. Now I'm going to ask you a question, believers. How many of you, as you look back through history, you can see when the church needed to respond a different way and they just didn't do it? You think, well, we, we prayed. We prayed. I, and I'm, I'm with you. Prayer is great. But let me let me make something very clear. There's there's a time when we need to be praying. And then there's a time that we should be exercising authority. There's a, there's a time that we should be. Uh, when we should be seeking the Lord in through petitions and petitioning him for certain things. And then there's a time that we should be exercising the thing that he has given us to exercise. And that's one of the points that I want to bring up tonight um, as we as we start to wind this thing down, is that the church has got to come back to the place of exercising authority. We have got to come back to the place of understanding how important our role is in the kingdom and to the events that are unfolding in our nation, in our, in our world right now. And I ask another question, and I'm and I know that a lot of people, there have been a lot of people say a lot of things. I've heard some people come out and they'll prophesy, and, and I've been encouraged by some of these prophecies. I've heard a lot of people, some people say, Well, the Lord's coming soon. And I agree with you completely that the Lord is coming soon. But I also want to make sure that we we understand that within the right context, because the Lord has been coming back soon for 2000 years. Do we understand that he's been coming back soon for 2000 years? He's still coming back soon. And do I see more signs of the times? Absolutely. But it is still regulated by the church and what the church wants to do. And if the church is willing to fight, 
if the church is willing to stand in the gap, if the church is willing to sacrifice, if the church will stop thinking so much about itself individually and start considering where the problems are coming from, and we begin to bind up the enemy, we begin to bind up the principality, and we begin to bind up the powers of darkness. When we do this, we are attacking the problem at its source. It's not just a band-aid, but it's the fix. So, so as believers, we've got to change. We've got to change that. If you have already been doing that, awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, continue to do that. Continue to keep the the perspective of that we have got to be on the offensive. But if we constantly play defense and we constantly have a perspective that we're afraid of of what might hit us next. And I know that that's been some that's been somewhat of a temptation as being, you know, what, what's going to what's going to happen next? What's the what's what could happen next? What if we lose this and what if we lose that? The church has got is being asked and challenged to put everything it has and all its trust in God and what he has spoken in his word. And now is the time to exercise authority. Amen. Now is the time to begin to fight. It's now. It's not later. It's now. Can the church, the church right now, can the church change the direction that this is going? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not ironclad. This is not set in stone. I ask you uh, to consider with the return of Christ and with uh, his soon coming, do we think that it's just a predestined date? Do we think that it's just kind of uh, just kind of left up to, to world events and, well, sin got too bad, so the Lord had to return. Oh, well, I might as well fold up and just wait for him to come back. It doesn't work like that. And I think about it this way, and this is what came to me. As the Lord spoke this to me, as he spoke this to me, and he said, this thing is up to the church as to how this thing goes. I could see a wedding. I seen a wedding, and the Lord showed me this. He said, you can bring together the minister, you can get you can get uh, the groom, and you can get the bridesmaids and the best man. But until that bride is ready, there is no wedding. Until that bride is ready, there's no wedding. And so as the bride, that's you and that's me. That's the bride of Christ. I still feel like the church has got some fight left in her. Amen. I still feel like the church has got some fight left in her. To use the authority that God has given us to get things spiritually back on track again. Some of you have got unsaved loved ones. Some of you would not be satisfied right now watching this thing fall apart and close in and the doors being closed because you know that they are not ready yet. We need to attack spiritually. Attack the principalities and the powers of darkness that are affecting these situations, and we need to use it now more than ever before, exercising the thing that God has given us as uh, being authority in his kingdom. I appreciate you guys being on here tonight. I hope that you've uh, got something from this word. <clears throat> um, I hope that this word goes out. Um, that word is not just for Rock Harbor Church. That word is for every uh, Bible-believing church out there. That believes in the word of God and that believes in what his ability is um, uh, through us as as believers, that we can exercise authority and we can see a difference in the spirit realm. 
I'm going to pray um, before I know a lot of you have got needs, uh, but I want to do something different tonight. <clears throat> I know a lot of you have got prayer requests um, and you've got personal things going on. I understand that. But I want to do something tonight in light of what the Lord has given me tonight. This is I want us to collectively come together and exercise our authority. This is what I want to do. I want to do this. And, and, and I consider a lot of things at stake here. Uh, your children's future is at stake no different than mine are. And I know that sometimes we think, well, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, the Lord's fixing to come back. You know, we'll just let this thing kind of unfold and and uh, we'll all go home and it'll all be over with. And I wonder sometimes if it'll actually go the way that we think it will. And, and my the, the thing that I think about is, well, what if I'm not here, but my kids are still here having to deal with the ramifications of what I would not take authority over when I was here? Something to think about. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's exercise our authority tonight. Father, I thank you for letting us be together tonight. Thank you for letting us uh, hear your word, Father. Father, let us take every opportunity Father, that we can to just bathe ourselves in your word, Father. I pray, Father God, that you help us, Lord God, to begin to see with spiritual eyes what's really going on. Father God, with spiritual eyes as to the, the ramifications, Father God, of not being in a place of authority, not exercising these things. Father, as the church, help us to wake up to what's really going on. Father, tonight, as we look across our land and we see all these things, God, we, Father God, we just praise you and thank you, God, because you are the authority in these situations. So tonight, Father God, collectively with this church, Father God, we take authority over principalities and powers of darkness and rulers and spiritual wickedness and high places. Tonight, we cast these things down in Jesus' name. Tonight, we take authority over these and we break the power of the enemy over our nation. We break the power of the enemy over, over our states and off of our states in Jesus' name. We break the power of the enemy over off of our politicians and our leaders of our nation. We, we break the great delusion in Jesus' name. And we speak truth. We speak truth into their lives and truth, Father God, that their eyes would be open and they could properly see, God, what they need to see, Lord. I pray tonight, Father God, that we come together as a church that we understand your authority and your power, that we exercise your power, Father God. And I pray that we be vigilant day after day, Father God, binding up the enemy's attacks, Father. And Lord, being vigilant and, and very mindful in the spirit realm, God, about what is going on, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for giving us spiritual eyes. Thank you for giving us victory over the enemy, Father God. There's no reason that we should ever backpedal or want to hide, Father God, but that you have given us this authority to exercise, Lord, and we stand firm on your word. Thank you for this tonight, Father God, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys tonight. Um, well, it was, it was good. Feel, uh, feel that word go forth, and, and I hope that you receive that. And uh, looking forward to uh, Sunday morning, once again, uh, drive-in uh, service at Rock Harbor Church at 11 o'clock. Uh, look, looking forward to that. Be, be looking forward to that. Be praying. Remember what we talked about tonight. Be praying uh, for your leaders. Be praying about the people um, that are dealing with these things directly. But most importantly, don't be afraid to go into battle and to do battle with the enemy. God bless you guys tonight. Uh, we went for about 50 minutes tonight. I guess that's wasn't too bad. Uh, be blessed tonight and God bless you. And we'll see you guys uh, Sunday morning. Thanks.